Well, welcome to the Aspen Chapel uh, podcast today, November the 6th. And today's our gift day, and we're going to be talking about the nature of giving. And in the message, it's going to be really looking at the nature of love and giving uh, as being one and the same. And uh, we're going to start with that wonderful reading from 1 Corinthians 13. Good morning. When Nicholas asked me to read this Sunday, I, I looked at the uh, reading and I thought, oh yeah, I've done this before. 36 years ago when Mimi and I were married, I read this. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love, is, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away child, put childish, put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we seek only, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these thing, three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. My name's Ward Howenson, and I approve this reading. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Ward. (laughs) Great. Well, for me, the whole idea of giving is bound up in love. The definition of love that I like to use is giving of yourself, self-giving. That's what I think love is fundamentally about. We are given the gift of our lives freely and generously by the love of God. We're given all of this. 
And that love gives of itself freely and generously in all that we see and we appreciate in life. You know, there's something magical that has in place all the atoms and molecules and elements that go to make up the earth, that go to make up plants, that go to make up birds, that go to make up fish and humans, everything coming together. There's something magical that it appears by. However you see it, the world is freely given to us out of what might be called the love of God or the divine or that order which is behind all things. And you know, we're not asked anything for it. There's no contract at birth, no expectation of us other than those that we put on ourselves. It's all completely freely given. And then we choose whatever we like to do with it. It's completely up to us what we do next. And I think that's why God is seen as love. Because we exist out of a gift of love. We are given freely and generously. Now, I'm always, you know, my big thing when someone said, you know, what's the purpose of religion? I always think the purpose of religion is to live life more skillfully. That's, that's what I think the whole idea of it all is about to live life more skillfully, how to make the most of your one wild and precious life, as Mary Oliver puts it. How do you make the most of your one wild and precious life? And it's always struck me that, you know, when you're in the sea, you should swim. When you're in the air, you should fly. And when we're living in love, we should respond by loving. When we're living in love, when love is upholding us, the only way to live, the only way to cooperate with that is by loving. All around us is created by that love. And so surely our most effective response to that is to love in return. Jesus certainly thought so. When he was asked of the greatest commandment, he said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So our purpose in life, and this is something to hold on to if you haven't yet identified your purpose in life, and you can say, I went to church and found out my purpose in life today, which is good, yeah? Your purpose in life is to pass on love in return for whatever comes your way, good or bad. That is your purpose in life, to pass on love in return for whatever comes your way, good or bad. And to do that means giving of yourself. And that comes in different forms. Giving of yourself by listening when someone needs to be heard. You know what that's like when you know someone needs to be heard. You've just got to listen. You've got to give of yourself by, by touching when someone needs to be touched. By forgiving. By not returning anger for anger or fear for fear, but returning anger with care and fear with trust. And you know, all these things are costly to us. They cost us. To listen to someone requires that attention. We have to give our mind and our heart and our understanding to that person. To forgive means letting go of the account that we hold on someone. Actually, I want, you know, in, on a lighter note, I want you to process one of those sort of self-awareness things, processes on forgiveness, how you do it. 
and um, or the lack of it. You know, you don't, you don't always forgive. And, and they came up with three ways that you could sort of deal with not forgiving someone or, or, or moving on. The first way was called a haircut. And if someone has done something wrong to you, the haircut is when you generally shout at the person, get it out of the way, and then just drop it. That's the haircut. That's how you deal with it that way. The second one is, uh, well, I, I like this one. It's called the doghouse release. Because when someone's done something wrong to you, they are, I don't know if this phrase is in, in America, in England, they're called, you're in the doghouse. Do you have that phrase here? Such and such is in the doghouse. Let's say that Jane you know, invites me out for a meal and then forgets to, to turn, I, you know, I forget to turn up. And that means that I'm in the doghouse with Jane. Now, she can then give me a doghouse release. Now, that doghouse release might be that I have to cook her a meal. And once I've cooked her a meal, she then gives me the doghouse release, and I, we, we, it's not between us after that. Then the one that's not so good is, I like it though, it's the Hurt Museum. <laughs> now, the Hurt Museum is where, you know, we've all had hurts in our lives. And some of those hurts we just want to, you know, hold on to. And that Hurt Museum is saying, I've got your hurt, you've hurt me badly. And I'm going to put this hurt in my hurt museum. And every time I look at you, you're going to know that you've hurt me and that your hurt is sitting in my hurt museum. Now, that obviously is not forgiving. But that was, you know, there are different ways that you can operate in terms of, uh, of how to do it. Not very loving, but many of us do hold on to our hurts. Forgiveness doesn't mean, you know, forgiveness is really about giving of oneself. Even, you know, in forgiveness, the word give is within that. You're really, and I love this, you're giving up the desire to punish. Forgiving is giving up the desire to punish, and that is costly. You have to give away part of yourself when you give up the desire to punish. So love is always about giving, and I think that is the very nature of love. That amazing verse in John 15, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Giving is the very essence of who we are, giving our lives. And it comes from the idea that that nothing is really our own. Everything is given to us. Nothing is really our own. That all that we have is given to us to steward. And like the parable of the talents, our job is to pass on what we've been given so it makes more of it. So it increases the value of what we're given. Because love, love is inherently generous. Love is inherently generous. It takes one thing and makes three of it. That's what love does. It takes one thing and makes three of it. It takes a talent for care and amplifies that talent by having that one person spread that care among many others. And that's the meaning of the seed that falls on good soil. You know, when we take what we think as our little meager offering, and by passing them on to others, their value is increased immensely. Sometimes when we help someone in only a little way, like maybe clearing out a garage for them, or helping them move, That giving of time and effort is really an act of immense love and is experienced as such by the person to whom it is given. What on the one hand is only a few hours' work 
is experienced on the receiving end as pure love. And it will go way beyond the clearing up of the garage into giving the idea that this person is loved, has loving friends, and is part of a loving universe, is valued and cared for, and ultimately gives hope and a reason for living in different difficult circumstances. But just one act of doing something is received in a completely different way. Through love, the act is multiplied a hundredfold. And that counts, I think, for all acts of love. Those supposedly smaller moments of care have huge and far-reaching effects that we have no way of knowing about. And it works because we are, in fact, passing on that love that we, in turn, have received from the divine. We're passing something on, and in our doing that, it multiplies it because it's all a gift. Even those loved ones who are taken from us are still gifts. They stay in our hearts, and they never go away. We have them, and we'll always have them. So the question is, how are we to pass on their gifts? How do they pass on their gifts to us? And how do we honor the memories of those that we've loved that have gone? I don't know if you saw the paper the other day. Um, on Monday, the article about Alison Daly. You know, Alison lost her brother. And when she went through that process of grieving, there was no one there for her at that moment. And so in memory of her brother, she made her life's work, the looking after of others, other people who had been bereaved. And, and, and what an act of love that's been in the valley. You know, Many of us have been touched by the work that she and people that she works with have done. An amazing effect. And that is love. That is seed that was planted, bearing fruit 100-fold. She's passing on the love that she experienced in her life. And she's honoring her brother's memory. And how much work is involved? How costly is that to her? And how much you know, she is giving? And we too have that chance to give. Every small act of love where we give of ourselves is multiplied in that sort of a way. I mean, you only have to look at your own life, those times when people have reached out and given to you. You know, how's that made you feel? What did it do for you in a time of need? Because really, love is the currency that does make the world go round. The nature of love is self-giving, and that's really how it works. That is how everything stays together. Giving a part of you, whatever it is. And it always feels costly when you do that. To take something that is you and to give it away. But without it, we live in a world that's just surviving. You know, the animal world, the reptile world, the plant world, where competition for space and resources is, is at a premium. Our message And by our, I mean those of us who are able to think on a soul level, is to go beyond that, to demonstrate the deeper undertone of life that goes beyond survival and into mutual interdependence. Love is about mutual interdependence. And that is the real basis for making decisions in life. Interdependence on a human-to-human level on a human-to-other-species level, on a human-to-plant level, interdependence on a human-to-planet level. That that is the nature of the loving universe. 
That is the understanding that has to become the dominant meme for us all to survive. It has to become the dominant meme for us all to survive. An acknowledgement of our role in both the evolution and the creation of the world. And I was talking about that last week, that we have a part to play in that. And your ability to give is bound up in your ability to love. And it's through your ability to love that changes will take place on a level of consciousness that will make a real difference in the world. Let's pray. And so as we think of going beyond this idea of survival, we do pray for our country at this time of election. Pray for our leaders. Pray for their hearts and minds. That you will guide us all, Lord, and enable us to form a place where people come together and your wisdom is there at the centre of it. We pray for peace, we pray for justice, we pray for harmony in our country and all over the world. We think of places of difficulty at the moment. We think of Aleppo, we think of places where there is war, people in prison, people without, all the hardships around the world. And we pray, Lord, that that love may begin to come through people. That sense of generosity and giving may be there. Pray for that for our town here, as people prepare to come to visit us over this period, that we will be giving and loving to all those who come. And we do pray for our community here. Pray for those that we know are not well at the moment. I'm particularly praying for Paul Mayer at the moment, going in for a second operation this week, seven-hour operation. We just pray for him and for Kristen as well. We pray for Tricia Nichols, who's not been well over the past. We just offer our hearts and love to her in California and just pray that you look after her and heal her. Pray some special prayers today for Elaine Pagels, who's not been well and is recovering well from Legionnaire's disease. And she's been ill, but she's getting better. And Lord, we just pray for her. I pray for those that we've been regularly praying for. Pray particularly for Scott McCracken as he gets better. For Tegan James Sullivan, Pat Freeman's granddaughter. For Catherine Malaki Myers. For Sharice. Vilbrat Karlberg, for Elise Strickland and her husband Carter, for Maureen Hirsch, Will Welsh, Barbara Orkett and Patricia Hill. And for those that we know, unknown to others or maybe not on this list, that we just give ourselves to in a moment of love now. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.